Let's go. Dermot and Dave. <laughs> Remember this? It's towards Michael. It's come for Dwight York. Cleared. Gates with a shot. Sheringham. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, our next guest is football royalty. He's played for the likes of Manchester United, Tottenham Hotspur, West Ham, and he's regarded as one of the best strikers that England has ever produced. Teddy Sheringham is one of the celebs that will be teeing off at Seapoint Golf Links next month for the WAP Celebrity Series event. And no, I wasn't asked. It's in County Loud. (laughs) (laughs) And we're delighted to say that Teddy Sheringham joins us on the line now. And I'm a little bit nervous, uh, Teddy, because the last time Dave met Man United Royalty, he called Gary Neville Sir (laughs) when he came into the studio. And we're not sure how he's going to act during this interview. <laughs> nice big build up. What are you going to call me then? Uh, your Lordship. I, I mean, I can, I can go wherever you like. In fact, no, I'll tell you what, Teddy. I'm going to tell you a little quick story. My mam doesn't like you. And the reason she doesn't like you is because in that moment when you scored in the 99 final, I had a bunch of friends over in my house. And my dad used to work for Phillips. And he brought home a projector. This was in 1999. This was a big deal a projector and a big pull down screen. So we were watching the game on the projector and I kicked my glass of Coke over <laughs> when you scored that goal and it went on the carpet. And then I assumed we would go to extra time. Uh, maybe you guys did. Maybe maybe the my United players didn't, but everyone else kind of thought we'd go to extra time. So I went out and grabbed like, you know, cloths and tissues and mopped up all the Coke. And I missed Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's winning goal because I was on the other side of the projector screen. But to this day, my mom still goes, Teddy Sheringham, he ruined my carpet. Uh, you know, that's the beauty of scoring a goal like that because not only do people want to hear about what the feeling was like for how I felt when I scored that goal and then set up the winner, people want to tell me what they did. Where It was such a surreal moment that it was just pure ecstasy all within two minutes and you know people want to tell me where they were what they do and what happened and that's a pretty tame story to be honest so tell, tell yeah, yeah compared yeah. to the rest there's I'm a sure. lot worse happened over the years so, uh, <laughs> well actually let's talk briefly look about uh, we, we must talk about everything in your in your life and, and the golf that's coming as well but just about my united if i can indulge myself for a minute like that season when you know, on paper, it looks like there are, you know, four strikers at United and Sir Alex is, is working really hard to, to keep everybody happy. But, you know, really it was York and Cole were the kind of starting strikers and yourself and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had such an important job to do that season. But it can't have been easy that, you know, you, you weren't, you know, the, as, as we said, the starting strikers every week. Yeah, well, th- that was the situation. Um, yes, Yorkie and Cole had a fantastic season that year, but it wasn't the case, you know, we didn't feel that was the case that um, they were the main two. We mm. were still proven professionals, still fighting for the right to be in the in the, the favoured position of starting the game. That, that's what, you know, we weren't, you know, we weren't told these two are the strikers. Yeah. Uh, you two are subs. We're, you're still striving, you know, like everybody in that squad, you're striving to, to make the first team. And, um that's how it is in football. There's no cast iron. This is what what's happening. This is who's who's playing. You you strive to be even better the next week so that you get a chance in the following game. I'm always fascinated about strikers and just that moment of magic that comes from somewhere. I mean, you're one of the all-time top scorers in Premier League history. 146 goals. Are there goals that for you just sort of? happened and then it's almost after the fact you realise oh my god I've just scored I don't even remember planning that goal 
Um, every now and again, every now and again, you score a goal that you're like, "Wow, I've, I've never scored a goal like that before." But but normally they're routine. They're they're goals that you practice. You know, you do your shooting and crossing, and you you get to know the angles. Or maybe I, I scored a lot of goals in my head, and it was like flick-ons, and you know, hearing the goalkeeper coming out, and him, and then him going. Keepers, oh no, away! And, and you just flick it. You know they're in no man's land, and you flick it over their head. And you know you get to know your surroundings. You know throughout yeah. your career, you probably wouldn't score a goal like that early on in your career, but you get to know people's movements around you. So you're learning on the in the game, and by the time you're 25, 26, you should know all about your own game, and and then you score, you know, routine goals, and then all, obviously. If you score a back flick from somewhere, people say, oh, what, what, how did you do that? And you're like, I don't know, I just saw it and, and did it. It just, <laughs> it just, it just it felt the right, right thing to do. To do. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, how did you play for so long? I mean, you know, like you're the oldest Premier League goal scorer when you were 40 and also the oldest Premier League appearance when you were 40. And you didn't retire until you were 42. What do you put that longevity down to? I was very fortunate. I didn't get the big injuries that that a lot of people had. Like you know, you look at Alan Shearer mm. and bad knees, ankle injuries, and still kept coming back. And then you know, y- your body gives up on you after a while. But I was fortunate. I had a I had a, a bad ankle early on, and then a, a knee that probably stopped me carrying on carrying on a little bit longer into my forties. <laughs> but um, no, I I knew that it was time to finish when uh, when I was around that age. Um, We've got to talk about something that's uh, very big in this show's life and in particular our Dave's life. He's a coach of his under-11s. Uh, and they've got the big final this weekend. The Hackett Cup on, on, on Saturday morning. Uh, it's a big, <laughs> yeah. big game, Teddy. I know, you obviously, the experience you have as a player but also as a coach. Uh, Dave needs your insight. Now, for a while there, he nearly wasn't going to make the final even though his son is playing because uh, he's at Metallica over in Hamburg at the weekend. But he's managed to get a flight back. So, have you any tips for for the for Coach Dave, who's coming in last minute from Hamburg for a little while, for a few hours, and then flying back out to see Metallica again? Um, what can he in that short space of time? How can he turn these this team of kids into winners? Um, I'll tell you what. I'll give you Alex. To Alex is Ferguson's halftime team talking uh, in the Champions League final in 1999. Yes, when, amazing. When, when we were losing one 0 he said, "Look, look, lads." Just make sure you go out and give your utmost. Give every single sinew of effort in your body because if you walk past that trophy at the end of the game and you cannot touch it, you will be devastated. So do not leave anything else, you know, out, out of the way. Just make sure you give everything in the game. Oh, and that's all you can do. I'm that, motivated now. <laughs> if it takes you to success, then 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 great. But, you know, just... Just try your best, boys. Oh, I love it. I'm going to record that and play yeah. that back to the lads. That's you, don't, you don't want amazing. them walking by the Hackett Cup not being able to touch it, Dave. <laughs> no, the Forget tears. the Champions League Very trophy. quickly, before I move on you, to the golf. You remember these things, though. These 10 or 11-year-old boys will remember that for the rest of their lives. Hopefully they'll stay friends with the players that they're playing in and saying, you know, remember when we dug deep and won that cup. That, mm. that was special, wasn't it? And that, you know, that, that's the start of their footballing careers. Let's hope so. Um, very quickly, you moved from Tottenham to United. Berbatov did the same. Carrick did the same. Do you think Harry Kane should, you know, leave Tottenham now if they're not matching his ambitions as a player and head for Old Trafford? Listen, I I, I keep talking about Harry Kane. People ask me year in yeah. I, I upset every Tottenham fan when I say <laughs> to him, it, it, he's got to, he's got to make his own decisions. 
is is a you know is he going to win things at Tottenham in the next couple of he's got probably three or four years left at the very top. Mm. Um, you've got to ask yourself, is it happening for me here? What, what do I want for my career? Do I want to win trophies or do I want to become a Tottenham legend in scoring goals for Tottenham? Because I know I'm going to do that. Will I have the chance of winning things at Tottenham? Do I have to leave to, to win Silverware? Do I want to play with the top players? That was my question. I wanted the top players to come to, to Tottenham to play with me. That was obviously not going to happen. So I had to go and play with the top players because that's what brilliant professionals want to do. They want to play with other brilliant players. You, mm. You're watching Man City at the moment and they're all on a wavelength and that's that's what you want to be involved in. Yes. Listen, Harry Kane, listen to Teddy. <laughs> he knows what's up. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Remember all you ever wanted in life, Dave, was Ronaldo to come back? How did that work out? <laughs> um, Come here, let's talk about golf. Um, you're going to be teeing it up uh, for this uh, event, the WAP Celebrity Series event. Loads of stars like yourself there. Um, Shea Given, Ronnie Whelan are going to be there as well. Um, it's going to be at Seapoint Golf Links, happening in the 22nd of June. Uh, what handicap do you play off, Teddy? Uh, I'm up for four at the moment. Ooh, that's very impressive. It certainly is. Yeah, not bad. You're in, it could be could be better. Kind of annoying, like you, you know, you scored a, a goal in Champions League. You had this like career that lasted forty two until you played until you're forty two. You've been a successful coach, and now you've got a four handicap of golf. Is there anything Teddy Sheringham can't do? Well, there's a little bit exaggerated there. That a, a successful coach. I'm not so sure <laughs> Stevenage and my team in in India ATK would uh, would agree with you. Um, okay, fair, fair. How do you find the pressure of the pro am? Because I've been fortunate enough to play in a few of the Irish Opens here, the as in the pro am, not the actual tournament. Um, uh-huh. uh, you know, the last time I played, um, I could not get out of a bunker so badly that the pro I was playing with stopped what he was doing and came over and gave me a lesson in front of the gallery. It's probably yeah. one of the most mortifying things I've ever had to experience. And once, and once you'd had the lesson, did you get out? No. I, got, I was in full-on fight or flight. I, there was nothing I could do. So you're not a very quick learner then. Is that no, I'm not. No, the, the pressure. But you obviously enjoy getting out there, meeting the crowds, meeting the fans and uh, hitting a few balls. But some, maybe some of the uh, players that may have been adversaries over the years. I love it. I love it. It's, uh, it's great to rub shoulders with the with the ex pro golfers and and to see the ex players that you you played with and you know all the supporters that turn up. I know the Irish are very big, but on Man United and Liverpool and, and probably other clubs as well now. But um, they love seeing us come over. We love the adulation and you know it's just mixing with the with the supporters that have looked looked after us for years and supported us it's, it's great to, to see everyone yeah right. and of course a lot of money going to charity the whole thing is is designed to, to raise funds for charity what's yeah. your own personal charity um, I, I sometimes go down the line of um, going, going back to the schools that I, I visited when I was a kid and um, putting stuff back into like minibuses and mm. stuff like the local the local charities you know rather than rather than the bigger charities because really? uh, you know, every, everyone needs something along the way. So money that I've earned before, go back to schools that I enjoyed going to when I was 7 to 11 and, and a little bit older. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, 
Teddy Sheringham, sir, Teddy Sheringham, your lordship. It's an absolute <laughs> honour to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you for everything you did in he a red shirt. now genuflecting, uh, Teddy. It's embarrassing. Thank God you can't see me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Enjoy the golf when you do come over. And uh, you never know, if you're knocking around, we might uh, meet up and go for a pint or something. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's all getting... I look forward to that. Okay, <laughs> it reminds us of Alan Partridge saying it to the guy working in the petrol station. Fancy a drink? No, okay. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Teddy. <laughs> See you, man. Bye. Uh, Legendstour.com is the place to go if you want to get tickets to, to see Teddy or anybody else. And uh, hopefully, you'll keep yourself more in check than our Dave if you do meet Teddy. Dermot and Dave, weekdays from 9 a.m.